Welcome to Belonging Before Believing, where I, Patrick Mathers, am about to recite something. And now, by dying Savior's love, a resurrected Savior's power, an ascended Savior's prayer, and a coming Savior's glory rest and abide upon you one and all. And may the God of love be our portion, and the God of love our partner, from this day on and forevermore. Amen. <laughs> I'm Brian Guppy, Elder Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship. What was that? I wanted to recite that. Uh, yeah. That's I was hanging on your every word. <laughs> Gordon Clark. You guys didn't see the hand gestures. Gordon Clark was a pastor of a church I went to a little while back, and that was his benediction every single Sunday. A little while back. And we would... <laughs> and we would uh, Pat, we've been going to the same church for 11 years. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, 11 years. This is a long time ago. A little while back. <laughs> so he would do that. And then all of us kids, we would like mouth it as he would do it. And we all know it. Like I could go on, on Facebook right now and put that up there. And I'm good. I could just put one line and I'm going to get it completely recited from other people I know. So. Wow. Yeah. Pretty good, huh? Yeah. One time when we were in Mexico. So I rolled my ankle and tweaked my leg in Mexico from the Azusa Pacific thing that you went to that one time, you know, the, the, uh, spring yeah. break thing. Yeah. Well, the Barney mine was babes, in, mine was the in Barnabas the babes. The, mine was in summer, but yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The Barnabas babes, but you were there. So, yeah, I was there. I was there. I went like three different times oh. and I rolled my ankle and it was so bad. They had to take me to what, like Yuma, Arizona. And, like my whole leg swelled up huge and they had to wrap it up. So the entire, like right as we got there, we were just unloading. What years were you there? Oh, I don't know, dude. 80s. This is oh. the 80s. <laughs> oh, <laughs> got it. <laughs> BB. As my mother would Before say. Before Brian. I wasn't even a twinkle in my father's <laughs> eye. Might have been 80. Yeah, it was for sure 80s. So um, rolled my ankle and then we were on our way back and we got dinner and I, they asked me to do the prayer. And so I did that and I stood up in the pizza place we were in and everyone just kind of hushed and watched me do it. It was amazing. But you did that. Yeah. Yeah. I recited that <laughs> in a pizza place, <laughs> in a pizza place in like Yuma, Arizona or something. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was, it was fantastic. Every time I hear Yuma, Arizona, I think of Vegas vacation. Oh really? When Rusty gets this fake ID and he's Nick Papa Giorgio from Yuma. <laughs> I don't think that, but I, did, I, I think it was some song. A, te- a song with Yeah, with Yuma? Yuma, Arizona, and I can't think of what it, I, I don't know it, but it's just like one little line. Anyway. It's not in Route 66, <laughs> is it? Maybe. Could be in that. Huh. I don't know. I'm, I have no idea. You know what's weird about Route 66 is Depeche Mode did a cover of that. Of all the things and of all the songs... And all the bands, Depeche Mode and Route 66, just don't go together. But yet it was a hit. And they, yeah. (laughs) I got no other words. I don't know why I thought of that. But anyways. Nothing on an immediate uh, Google search for lyrics containing the term Yuma. Yuma. Arizona. Lots of stuff about 310 to Yuma. I never even saw that movie. Me neither. It was really good. Yeah. I like Christian Bale. I don't know why I've never seen it, but. Because maybe you have seen it and he just transforms himself so much in every movie you didn't know it was him. That Vice movie looks crazy. 
the one about him being the vice president? Yeah. Or him doing the coke? (laughs) 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 Oh, gosh. What are we doing today? We're going to read a story. Okay. It's one of them Bible stories we've been doing. I feel like I'm going to interrupt you a lot tonight. I hope. Well, you can. So I I do handbook where I basically read our handbook to all you of our You do new handbook? Hires. That sounds like you're talking like me. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving words out of a sentence. <laughs> how we talk at work. Like, oh, Gump, when are you going to do handbook with all these people? Oh, I'll do handbook then. Me do handbook yeah, then? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> anyway. And yeah, I tell them at the beginning that I'm basically just going to read to you for the next hour and a half, and if you care about me at all, you will interrupt me often. <laughs> and and do they? Very rarely. Really? Very rarely. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's because I have a beautiful voice and they don't want to interrupt. No, it no. It, <laughs> no. it sucks to be in that room. <laughs> it does. It sucks always, to be you. I always on that start day. <laughs> my handbook sessions with I've got good news and I got bad news. Uh, the bad news is today is going to be the most boring day of your Dutch Bros career. But the good news is today is going to be the most boring day of your Dutch Bros career. Yeah, it only lasts so, an hour and a half. Yeah. You need more jokes. Like, you need to do one of them. You know how I they got them. Went, oh, you should sit in on one of my handbook sessions. No, they got them, I have. them funny, uh, f- like, you, you get a traffic ticket. Funny, the funny thing funny about Splenda is. Yeah. Uh, funny traffic school. <laughs> you know those? And they still give you credit and all the dude guy does crack wise. They just want to make you suffer. Hey, they don't did you know Adam you Carolla did that anything. for a while? Like, he got paid to do do that. That's crazy, right? Uh, it's not that crazy that it was Adam Carolla. It's okay. Touche. Dude has been into boxing, hanging drywall. like Paul Newman's cars. He has all of them or something. He has all of Paul Newman's cars? No, he's got like a dozen of them. Yeah, his race cars and his like regular cars. Yeah. Jay Leno has to have some Paul Newman cars. No, Dave Letterman does. That comedians in car getting coffee where they're in the Volvos. You, you want a puffer car. on it? Yeah, you want a puffer? Yes. Yes, Paul, I want a puffer. What's a puffer? What's a puffer? <laughs> <laughs> when Paul Newman asks, do you want a puffer? You just say yes. <laughs> That's the moral of that story. <laughs> I love that show so much. Yeah. It's so, so much. <laughs> so good. Oh, gosh. And the new season, I think there's some of my favorite episodes are on this new season. With Dana Carvey? That one's actually really good. Dana Carvey was I really thought that good. one was going to be a sleeper. The, it's not. What's his name? Hassan Minaj, Oh, dude. yeah, yeah, dude. He's that from one, Davis. Yeah, it's, I know. Isn't that so crazy? And, like, I had heard him do an interview somewhere else, and he was talking about being from Davis, and it, like, wigged me out because he did the, the correspondence dinner. Um, he's yeah. It was it was Obama's last Obama's year last office, one. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. 2016, I think. Must have been. I think it was 16. Yeah, crazy. So, was he young? He's younger than you, or is he close? I he's got to be close. We're pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. That'd have been wild if you did something with him one time and never knew. Yeah. No, I didn't hang out with any Davis High kids. I went to Woodland Christian, dude. I hung out with like eight people. I almost <laughs> said, yeah. Never mind. I'm not gonna say what I almost said. That's it's usually very, why. It's very rare I catch myself <laughs> I know, in the middle wow. of the stupid. But Normally I like I just to drag come. it out of you, but sometimes <laughs> I just got to <laughs> let you have it. Good job. Yep, yep. Let's just moving on. Let's, let's go to Daniel. Speaking of getting thrown into a pit. <laughs> a morass of sin and desperation. Makes me think of uh, a Norm MacDonald joke. Speaking of getting thrown into a hole... <laughs> How's your personal life? (laughs) 
You still shooting heroin? <laughs> How's that going for you? So I was sick last week. <laughs> We're not going to get to the... <laughs> Never. I think it was last week. It was. It was yeah, last week. I was sick last week. And uh, I almost watched The Waterboy on Netflix, uh, but I ended up watching uh, like four episodes of the Norm MacDonald show. It's so good. It's <laughs> so good, right? I don't know if I would call it so oh, good. Oh, dude, it's so good. It's hilarious how self-aware it is that this is like the most low-budget <laughs> yep. garbage talk yep. show of all time. Yeah. It's so good. Like when, when they had that. Dana or not Dana Carvey, uh, uh, David, David Spade. Spade when, and I don't, he's know, just I don't like, know how you knew who I was talking about when I, I said Dana it. Carvey. I've seen them all. Anyway, yeah. so when they had David Spade actually wondering, like, wait, is there is this a test episode? Is there, is there actually a commercial break? Like, <laughs> and then they did the song at the he end. Keeps and telling he's telling people, like, hey, this isn't real. <laughs> hold on, we got we got to come back from a commercial break. <laughs> And then they like kind of buy it. They're like, okay, but then they just like kind of keep talking. But the quality (laughs) of the conversation dips for a second. (laughs) Not that we know anything about that. No, no. (laughs) Getting distracted and having a dip in quality of conversation. Uh, I kind of lost track of where I was for a second. Darius the Mead. We're not in my bedroom recording this. We're still in my backyard. Still in your backyard. Kind of. It's beautiful, dude. For a second, this. this, I like how the wind stopped. This is. Oh, that's weird. I didn't even notice. Yeah. Okay. This is one of the first times in the history. This is episode, what, 71 or something like that? This is the first time that I kind of forgot the microphone was in front of me and I'm just talking <laughs> to you like a normal person. And we always say, dude, we should be recording this. Listener, this is what it's like when Brian and I hang out. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. This is like it. We are slightly more aware of what we're doing. And a hair more polished. But honestly, this is what it's like when we hang out, all, like, all the time. Uh, I'm not wrong, am I? No, that's why it made me laugh that's, so hard. <laughs> uh, Darius this is Mead. Darius Mead, save us. <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time I said that. <laughs> it's going to be the new thing that I exclaim out of nowhere. <laughs> Darius the Mead! Oh, <laughs> that was if I had a dollar. Dude, you could that's some funny stuff right there. Yeah. So Chris Santola, I don't know if he listens to this episode of the show or not, but he was having lunch with Richard Barcelos and they were at a Thai restaurant. And it goes, Yeah, me and Richard Barcelos just having lunch at a Thai restaurant. And my comment was, Yeah, if I only had a dollar. Right, I saw that. I was yeah. like, what does that mean? For every time that I had lunch with Richard Barcelos at a Thai restaurant. I was just thinking I'd every be a wealthy time you man. had lunch. No, I'd be a wealthy man. What? Why'd you ruin my thing? <laughs> Darius the Mead, Darius the Mead. <laughs> Darius the Mead decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces, and he appointed a high officer to rule each province. How high was he? <laughs> he was so high. Maybe it was 420 provinces <laughs> instead of 120. Oh, wow. Uh, the king also chose Daniel, the hero of our story, the and book was named after him, so you know you should pay attention. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Thanks. And two others. I like how they're not named at all. The book wasn't named after those chumps. And two others as administrators to, the superv- to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interest. Daniel, he soon proved himself to be more capable than all of the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Nice. Hey, that's got to feel good, right? (laughs) 
to have a king make plans to place me over the entire empire. To well, to just do a good job. So I've never had anybody make plans to <laughs> really do much with me. <laughs> so <laughs> I I don't know if it's I just get lost in a movie or something like that. But I am not always the best at predicting the ending. But I gotta say. When it says, because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans uh, to place him over the entire empire. There's a sense of foreboding there. <laughs> it I ain't going to happen. I feel like things are not so? going to go it's, according it, to plan. No, it's going to happen. This is straightforward. We picked a story because it's not exciting at all. Although my, It's just purely an administrative advancement. That's I, all this story is. I'll say my wife and I finished that Amazon Jack Ryan series today. I don't want to hear it. I'm just saying don't, I, don't I there this. were a couple things where I was like, oh, this is going to happen, and it happened. So I'm not an idiot. I just don't get that a <laughs> lot. <laughs> That's your basis for you're not an idiot? I, <laughs> when I say I'm not great at predicting the end of movies. Hey, I know TV shows. <laughs> I'm I, no idiot. I don't want people to think I'm a dunce. <laughs> uh, hey, you know, idiot is like one of the words that I use for like all manner of dumb things that go on. So I might call somebody like this happened the other day is why I'm thinking about it. I called somebody an idiot and then somebody else in the room was like aghast (laughs) that I would use that word. And I'm like, it's like a catch all for, yeah, that wasn't smart or that was silly. I don't know. Maybe I never, I probably lost more friends. If I had actually known he was stupid, (laughs) It's bad taste. I think I've lost more friends than I've made with that phrase, oh, probably. Pat, we just got to verse three. <laughs> <laughs> so the other administrator, administrators number two and number three, as, yeah. <laughs> as the Bible calls them. That's what they are in the credits anyways. Right. Yeah. They didn't get paid for their names. Um, their administrators' high offices began searching for some fault in the way that Daniel was handling the government affairs. They were looking. They should. You know what they should have done is got to paid a bunch of protesters to come bang on the door of the castle. That would have helped, I think. <laughs> Anyways, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn because he was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So now you know why I've that guy. you know why I've never been advanced because <laughs> <laughs> they always found stuff. <laughs> They always found stuff. I'm marginally faithful. I'm kind of sort of responsible and untrustworthy. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> he gets by. <laughs> so they concluded. Our only chance is to find grounds on accusing Daniel in connection with the rules of his religion. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, Long live the king, right? That's what you always say, right? King Darius. Uh, King Darius, the Mede. We are all in agreement. (laughs) We administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. He has administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors. What does this guy do? He makes Long live King Darius. No kidding. He's got no mileage. He makes laws that will be strictly enforced. That's what he does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's right. it. That's your job. To look cute, get fed grapes, and make laws that will be strictly enforced. That's my threefold plan for being king. Darius the Mead. Darius the Mead. <clears throat> now, give orders that the next 30 days, 
any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. Now, majesty, issue and sign this law that we have conveniently already written up and it's lined <laughs> and has an X right where you need to sign, highlighted in yellow. This seriously sounds like a cartoon. <laughs> Well, I'm sure there's cartoons of this out there somewhere. Well, I just mean like they like pulled it out of their back pocket. <laughs> all you got to do is sign on the dotted line <laughs> and all your wildest dreams will come true. He holds it up and it rolls all the way down the floor, all the way down the steps. It's like that time <laughs> Ursula in The Little Mermaid was just like. Yep. Yep. It's already written up. Yeah. Uh, so now your majesty issue and sign this law so that it cannot be changed. An official law of the Medes and the Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Dummy signed the law. <laughs> oh, Darius. Darius the Mead. <laughs> but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home, knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. With the windows open toward Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. Now, why did he pray directionally? Do you think that's a thing here? It's windows open toward Jerusalem? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it is because that's where the temple was. And so in his day, the temple was still the place where you go and worship God, right? It isn't until John chapter 4 where Jesus said, neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship, but those who worship the Father will worship in spirit and in truth. Right. So Jesus actually changes that. Right. So at this point, yeah, he's praying to Jerusalem because that's where the temple is. But he's basically exiled at this point. Or, yeah, he's in Babylon. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I read Daniel. Yeah, no, he's a, he never one, goes back. But, right, right, right. Yeah. But yeah, he was like taken from his land, right? Yeah, when he was a teenager. Yeah. And he's old, old, old in chapter 12, like so old, um, he can't even stand up hardly at the end of the book. But um, He's that, so uh, old that if he were an iPod, it would have a click wheel. Dude, I still have my iPod. It's a, it's a hundred and twenty gig, Ugh. and it was like so massive when I got it. I thought I am never gonna fill this up, and I have so many teachings on there. Mm -hmm. It's great. I, I, I probably could power it up. I miss the iPod. Yeah, it's, it's like so impractical now. But like I've thought, yeah, no, I've thought about that before. Like, oh, I want iPod, and because I think they were like still selling them at Costco or something. Like, oh, look at the iPods, and like, dude. All you do is listen to Spotify and the podcasting app. What on earth are you going to put on this iPod? Well, it, I, it would be good for me. I would like to have an iPod so that I didn't have to carry my phone around everywhere. I, I get sick of holding this phone. <laughs> <laughs> I get sick of holding this thing. <laughs> anyway, where where were we? There's the mead. There's the mead. So, so he prayed to Jerusalem. Yes, that's right. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. Hey, kingy. Is it just me or does this timeline seem like it covers about eight minutes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hey, right away. this thing. It's that next day. It has to be, right? Right. Yeah. Because it says he prayed the next day three it's, times. It says right? he prayed three times a day. Uh, that day. So it, it could have been, been later that, that morning. day. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or did, human, didn't, didn't, except didn't, you? Didn't. We'll didn't, be thrown into the didn't den you of the lions. Law? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the king replied, that decision stands. It's an official law of the Medes and Persians. It cannot be revoked. Then they told the king, 
That man Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring your law, and he still prays to God three times a day. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. In the evening, the men went together to the king and said, Your majesty, you know that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no law the king signs can be changed. So at last, the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. Who, who is enforcing this law of the Medes and Persians that the king can't revoke something? That, that's, that's their thing. Like it's, it comes up over and over again in the Bible where it's like the Medes and the Persians. If a law is there, that's it. It's always on the books. Don't you feel they have like- to make a law to unlaw the law in order for it to be revoked. I mean, it's never revoked. It's always still a law. So you have to make a law to like counteract the law that was already made, which is what we're going to find here. Yeah, yeah. a workaround. Yeah, exactly. But when the, the, it's a weird thing, right? Yeah. Why would you have such a standard? Like, yeah, um, I'm the king, and... But can't you do whatever I'm, you want? I'm going to say, come get me if you want, <laughs> but we're not going to do that thing that I said that we were going to do yesterday. Yeah, you think you'd be able to do that. <laughs> Darius the Mead had a little too much mead, <laughs> got a little overeager with his legislative pen. Oh, yeah, you're right. Everyone should pray to me. That's a great <laughs> idea, guys. <laughs> so at last... The king gave the orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the alliance. The king said, may your God whom you serve faithfully rescue you. So he kind of prays there. Not exactly, but kind of throws it out there. Right. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seals of the dummies. So the nobles, <laughs> his nobles. so that no one could rescue Daniel. Then the king returned to the palace and spent the night fasting he refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Right? When, when your best accountant <laughs> is thrown into the den of lions, that's going to be hard, right? right. He like, refused his usual entertainment. He didn't even watch Netflix that night. He didn't even Netflix and chill. What a homie. <laughs> yeah. Other than that whole making him <laughs> sleep with a bunch of lions. Uh, so very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried down to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel! Servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? Nobody answered because Daniel was torn limb from limb (laughs) and a bloody heap on the floor of the den. It was no Samson (laughs) who would have pulled their jaws apart and split them in half. And then ate the honey from their guts. Or David who would have chased them down with a stick. Nope. (laughs) And ripped it and caught them by the jaw. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Actually... Daniel answered, long live the king. The first words out of his mouth. (laughs) Long live the king. (laughs) My God sent an angel to shut the mouths of the lions. Daniel couldn't do it, so God sent an angel to do it. So that they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed. He ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted God. Then the king gave an order to arrest the men who had, this is where we pick up the, 
um, you, you can add a law to change the law thing. Mm-hmm. Then the king gave orders to arrest the men who had maliciously accused Daniel and had them thrown into the lion's den along with their wives oh, and their children. This is what would henceforth be known as the snitches get stitches <laughs> law. <laughs> the lions leaped on them and tore them apart before they even hit the floor. <laughs> What, uh, yeah, th- there's a so, cartoon about this so, somewhere. <laughs> so tonight you were talking at uh, at church. You were talking about different instances in the Bible where you get maybe a sentence. Yeah, and, yeah. and you want to know more. And you want to know more. Now, granted, that's only three sentences, but they're very descriptive Is sentences. Is that a sentence you wish you didn't know? Is no, that what you're getting no, at? No, I'm just saying, we get a lot out of those three sentences. We pretty much know exactly what happened. <laughs> exactly what happened. Uh, Then King Darius sent a message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world. Peace and prosperity to you. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. And he rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Darius the Mede. And Cyrus the Persian. Cyrus the Persian. Medes and Persians. Medes and Persians. That's one empire. Hey, Medo-Persian empire. I've got a question. Okay. Why the crap is this in the Bible? What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, is that a little... It's filler for the kids' books. <laughs> It makes a great yeah. flanograph. Dude, every children's Bible's got this story in it. Every you know? flanograph set every has, flanograph this. has every this. Everyone comes with a lion. You everyone know it does. does. yeah. Well, there's a lot. Lions show up all the time. Well, not a lot. All but. the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, they sh- all three stories we mentioned in Samson, David, oh, and Danny. here. Dude, You're we got right. a lion in every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the split in half lion for when you get to that part. Uh, yeah. So why is this particular one? Okay. So here so we a, talked about why the David and Goliath, David and Goliath, you couldn't just yeah. apply it to your own life. Right. Um, and we did a lot of application um, with Samson as well. Mm-hmm. Trying to remember back. What else did we, Oh, we did Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Yeah. So, okay. So Daniel, why is this here? So Daniel, the whole book of Daniel is interesting because most prophets, it's just prophecy. Mm -hmm. And there might be a little bit of story in there, but Daniel's different. Daniel has a lot of story along with a lot of prophecy. And one of the things that's happening here is there's a transition in redemptive history um, from the time of uh, idolatry and having backslidden from the Lord and exile to coming back into the land. So one of the things that is happening right here with Daniel is that God is putting on display that he is faithful to his covenant people. And he's doing it through Daniel and he's communicating to to his people that he's going to keep them. He's going to protect them because exile was a time where um, the reason why they didn't want to go into exile is they thought that they would be assimilated into the culture and there'd be no more Jews, which 
almost always happens in history. That when a nation is conquered and they're brought back, they're assimilated into the culture that they're brought back to and they don't exist anymore. It's the reason why you, you don't find Assyrians anymore, you know, or you don't find Medes and Persians anymore, you know, right. because they were conquered and assimilated into the culture that were conquered. But God here is promising his faithfulness, his protection, and his prosperity to his people. And Daniel is an exemplification of God's providence and God's faithfulness to keep his promises that he made to his people. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. This is the only book of the Bible that has Aramaic in it. It is. Yep. There's one phrase in the Gospels in Aramaic. Do you know what it is? Oh, Oh, um, it's the, my God, my God, why yep. have you forsaken Eli me, right? Sabachthani, yep. I couldn't remember yep. what it actually was, but yep. I knew exactly. Yep, and they have to translate the it is. In, from Greek in, or into Greek so that people will understand it who are reading the Gospels because Aramaic was not a common language. Huh. Yep. That's just bonus. That is. That yeah. is. Awesome. That was a quick one. Really? Yeah. Seems like forever. No, we're at 29 minutes. Hey, do you want a question of the day? Yeah, before we get jabberjaw in again. All right, you ready? I think. Are you? Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to finish your little whatever you were doing there. All right, ready? Who has had the biggest impact on the person you have become? Who, and let's not Jesus juke this. Okay. <laughs> Both of us know Jesus. Okay. All right. So, so let's move on past Je- besides Jesus. Who, who, do you remember we were playing that game one time, Settlers of the Catan? And you were, went wheat? Oh, gosh. Yes. You like how I knew instantly what you were talking about? Yeah. And some person in the room was so annoyed with me. I think that's probably why they ended up leaving the church. Nice. Although it was years later. I remember. I know exactly who you're talking about. (laughs) Um, So it's super funny that you said no Jesus juke because I was just talking to my dad. (laughs) About Jesus? Uh, Your dad's not Jesus. Not directly. Um, no, I was just talking to my dad and he's like, Hey, way to throw me under the bus for saying that whole, like not counting your wife or your kids thing on the like three best things you've ever done or whatever. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry about it. Well, Hey, so are you going with Dan? So other than Jesus, oh, golly, man. (sighs) You could say two if you think of two. Uh, this is almost like an episode itself we could do. Dude, one. right? Yeah. I'm going to probably say my wife, I think. She's right in there with a towel on her head right now because <laughs> she just got a shower look. <laughs> oh, you can't see her. She opened the refrigerator door. <laughs> no, I, no, it'd be easy to say my parents. It would be easy to say my grandmother. I can't see her. Um, it's perfect. But I feel like there was so much of like a, a team dynamic there where, it, yeah, like it, I, it, it, to me, it's like an amorphous, like my family. Yeah. It's not so much that one person in my family like was head and shoulders above the rest. Otherwise, it would certainly be somebody in my family. That's why I like hesitated a little bit. But if I was going to pick, like, one person who just stood out from everyone else in, like, a unique way, it would, yeah, I think I have to say my wife. So, okay, besides Jesus, 
and I'm not going to say my wife because you just said your wife. I could, I agree with everything you just said about your wife, but my wife, not your wife. Yeah, (laughs) got it. I'm quickly getting in trouble here. (laughs) Okay, Cyrus the Mead. Cyrus the Mead. (laughs) I'm going to say Darius the Mead. Three three people, real quick. Yeah. Theologically, R.C. Sproul. R.C. Sproul, even though he's Presbyterian and he's classical apologist. Both wow. of the things that I am not. But, however, he theologically um, and is right up there with James Montgomery Boyce. But I'm going to stick with R.C. Sproul. He has probably had the biggest impact on me theologically. Um, practically, in terms of being a pastor, Larry Taylor, who was the president of the Bible College when I went there, uh, his classes and his demeanor and... The grace, uh, if, if you want to know where I get my idea of grace, it's from Larry Taylor. He's, um, he, he exemplified it for me. There was a point in time where I probably in some way, shape, or form probably should have been kicked out of the school, and <laughs> I didn't. I believe and, that. And I, it's true. It's true. And I asked him one day. We were in Israel. He was in Israel when, when I was there. And I asked him, we were on the bus alone one day, just sitting there waiting for people to come back. And I said, how come you didn't kick me out? And he's like, Grace, Pat, don't you know that about me yet? And I was just blew my mind like to tears. Like I started crying, like I did know that. And I'm, I, fe- I felt bad that I even asked him that. And he was kind of like, like, duh, dude, it's, it's Grace. And that single moment for me, I was no Calvinist. I wasn't reformed. I wasn't anywhere near thinking about the doctrines of grace. But that moment was watershed for me and me becoming the person who I am in terms of showing grace to people and being um, a, a big, open-armed, huggable daddy pastor. Yeah. <laughs> and the third one, you know, honestly, is my dad. T- my dad. Um, he'd probably be surprised hearing this, I think. Um, but the older I get, the more I see him in me. And it's not necessarily things that he taught me, um, like, um, outwardly, like here's this, 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 Mm -hmm. but it's the way he was and the way he presented himself and the way he dealt with people and the way he treated people and, and, um, just his, his, um, I guess the best way to say it is that he was honorable. He still is. Mm-hmm. He's honorable. He is an honorable man. That when you look at him, he's a man of integrity. He's got a dignity about him. And he's short and jokey and fun and all those <laughs> kind of things too. But, um, but that, that sense of honor and dignity and, and treating people right, I got from my dad. And so, yeah. There you go. Gosh. Yeah, I could go on. That... That could easily be an episode question. Holy yeah. crap. Maybe we should come back to it someday. Yeah. I'll change them for that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make up new ones. <laughs> nice. Dang, now you got my wheel spinning. Anyway, who is... Who has had the biggest impact on the person you have become? Who? I just wanted to do that again. Yeah. You sound like an owl. Hey, do you remember that that pop commercial? Was it called with the Tootsie Pops? And he'd go oh. one, a two, two a three. three. 
three. It takes three. Yes, yes, I remember that. It looked like Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah, like yeah. Animation. It was all like watercolor and yeah. like bad drawing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or, I remember that. I say bad, but it's better than anything <laughs> I've ever drawn in my life. You're sitting there as a kid. Why is this cartoon so bad? <laughs> I never thought that they were all bad. <laughs> Back when I was a kid, you always knew when something was going to come out of something because the color was different. Was you it know? you I was having this conversation? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> was it you I was having this conversation with that like kids can tell that the new cartoons because the art is too good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not like yeah. back in the day when right. you could see it was like a little bit janky. Yeah. Like this, a human actually made this. <laughs> anyway, uh. this went from being a short episode to being a long episode. Answer the question, leave some comments, DM us, ask some questions, leave a rating, leave a review. We love you. We believe you belong. <laughs>